From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, October 9th, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. He gets like the longest buildup. Yeah, it's uh, nice. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, everybody. And down the street, author, speaker, renowned cowgirl, yeah. Annie <laughs> F. Downs. <laughs> Internationally recognized. Cowboy. That's right. Good morning, Jen. If you uh, if you didn't catch Friday's episode, we don't normally do stuff that inside jokes that span shows, but uh, Chili's spanned it, and Annie's cowgirl reference spanned shows. Stuff. Yeah, the, Im- <laughs> the important stuff. Speaking of the Chili stuff, can y'all calm down? Going to Chili's and tweeting us about yeah, it. By the way, it is ninety no, percent of keep our feeds. I, like I mean, I like it. Chili's stock. There's went no up. reason to stop. There is there, no people reason. are documenting their child's first visit to Chili's. As they should. People who live in like Canada where there's no Chili's are traveling to the U.S. to visit Chili's. People, I commend them. Yeah, well, I found <laughs> I found a picture. I was randomly scrolling through various Instagrams the other day looking for uh, uh, old pictures, and I found one of you and I at Chili's, and I think the date is 2011. Yeah, no, it's because we were making fun of Chili's on the show back then. Even in then, 2011? And you came down and visit, you know, like as you do, yeah. you came down to visit. And as a joke, ironically, you and I lunched at Chili's and I took a picture of it. That's how long it Chili's documents has... Our, our, our years-long love affair. <laughs> love, love affair with a wink and a smile, ironically. And then it turned sincere with Chandler. Yeah. And now you guys are all going to Chili's. As they should. As yeah, they I should. mean, Agreed. everyone is. It is the strangest, most beautiful thing to watch. They are low on those chips and salsa because of us. How often do you do you go, Cameron and Jesse, to places ironically, just out of curiosity? Because that's a very big commitment to a. To I a go gag. nowhere ironically. <laughs> right? I, I go to Wawa with complete sincerity. Like I'm trying to think of somewhere I would go ironic. Maybe like a Waffle House is somewhere I'd go ironic. But Waffle House is even pretty good. Like late at night, if you're like, I'll go to Waffle House. Yeah, in real life, I don't go places ironically, but when Jesse and I travel together, we will go to places that make us both kind of smile. Yeah. 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 Can I have, can I say a weird, speaking of going out to eat, a weird thing? I was going, get, I was getting breakfast this morning, uh, and I went through like a Starbucks drive through, and the person tried to just guess my order. What? Like I didn't even order. And he's oh. like, he was like, and a turkey bacon, uh, biscuit. I'm like, nope, not even close, man. I would never eat turkey bacon. This isn't like a place no. you're like, oh, Jesse. I, I rarely go. We were out of coffee, so I decided to go get some. And I was like, while I'm there, I'm going to get breakfast. So I order a beverage, and the person just started guessing what I was going to order next. And he took like three guesses unprompted. Like, I didn't say, guess what I want. <laughs> I like that again. And he had like three the guesses. There only have like five things there, and all three were wrong. I'm like, no, like none of these the sound good. One, I would have stopped. Yeah. Oh it was just God. so bizarre. It was so weird. And it like, was in the drive through yeah, it was a drive-thru. And he's just so like, it wasn't like he was not even looking at you. And thought he knew you. He it just had a little guessing. camera. It had a little camera. So I think he was sizing me up and just guessing. But like every time he was saying it as if he was confirming the order, like yeah. that's how confident he was. And I was like, it's a, like he expected you, even if you weren't planning to order it, to just go, uh, yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah, put yeah. It on. But he was say, like I said, it wasn't even like he was waiting for a response. It was like, okay, you'll take the um, large iced coffee and the turkey bacon cheddar burger. I'm like, or, or turkey bacon cheddar biscuit. I'm like, no, definitely not. I don't want that. Okay, uh, let me just confirm. Let me, I have a, a large iced coffee. And then he said another one. I'm like, no. And then I ordered like the other sandwich. It was just very strange. It set my day off very weird. I've been thinking about that interaction yeah. all day. And I don't think I'm going to be able to let it go. Like, when what you got gives to the him window, the call? What did he say? Was he like, sorry, I was, was guessing wrong? Or was he friendly? It was somebody else. 
It was somebody <gasps> else. I it think, was somebody oh, else. You got, you got someone fired. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if they were fired from the time I drove to the window to, or if this is just some sicko working a Starbucks who is just sitting there looking at the little monitor and just randomly guessing people's orders as they pull up. It's stuck with me all morning, and I'm not going to be able to let it go because it just seemed wildly inappropriate. Like, don't don't just guess. Hear me out here. I'm the customer. I, I didn't come to play like, you know, breakfast food roulette. Let me let me just place an order. It was very odd. It was very, very he odd. He probably didn't even work there. He probably just like grabbed the headphones off of somebody while they were making all the drinks <laughs> and just was playing. It makes me wonder how many people he does that for and how many people are just like, OK, <laughs> Yeah. Okay, all right. That's how non-confrontational I am. I just would have accepted it. What are you, what are you in for? A turkey bacon? Stuff? He didn't yeah. even say that. It wasn't sure, even a question. It was as if he was saying, this is what you're getting. It was very wow. weird. I know for a fact I would have I, I would have taken the first thing he told me I was getting. That, that's just my like passive spirit. And I'm charging you an like, extra $10 for nothing. Pull around. <laughs> he made, he well, made he, three guesses, Jesse. Yeah, it that's was the odd. thing. Three is three is like one. You're kind of going, oh, I think it's my guy, my regular. Yeah. And then yeah. when they, he says no, like, oh no, well then what would you like, sir? No, this guy kept at yeah. it. Uh, that, I like the cut of his jib. See, Admirable. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know what was happening there. The the, the, the transaction is very like in a very when, when something when a curveball is thrown at you in a very simple transaction, it throws things off. Right. Something's off here. Right. Like yeah. I know this right. is how this is supposed to work, and it's not working that way. You know, right? I, uh, I, you and I both had uh, uh, not not great breakfast situations uh, every morning we have a one we have a wonderful coffee maker at the office when these like uh, you know italian super automatic machines where it'll make you all the different types of coffees you know it, and, it's uh, fantastic if you have an engineering degree from mit <laughs> yeah. or it's true or can press it's, two it's buttons true. yes one or the other you need to either have the ability to have an engineering degree or the ability to press two buttons press uh, just, two buttons while it's like walking into walton jesse's super for lab we're trying to mix all the ingredients or, Jesse over complicates our machine anyway uh i every morning every morning without fail i'll come in here and get a, la- a latte macchiato you know it'll make a perfectly steamed milk you know a, sh- a double shot of espresso it's just great and uh, and i come into the podcast studio and uh this morning um did that and the steamed milk looked a little chunky uh-oh. And what? I thought, well, that's Uh-oh. just weird. Uh-oh. But I was kind of rushing in here and I uh, drank it anyway. And uh, oh, for half oh, no, oh, this just and, uh, happened. I'm just telling you, I, I kind of have nauseous sweats happening right now. No. Like, I don't know. Hey, hey yeah. do you oh, want to no. know the sickest I've ever been? The Wait, sickest hold I've on, Jesse. Hold on. You do need to tell us that story. Cameron, are you telling me that you currently, while we've been sitting here, poisoned yourself? I... I, uh, prior to us recording this episode, I, um, consumed something that I thought looked off, but I've made without any problems countless times. So surely it's fine. Maybe it was just, maybe I stirred it wrong. I don't know, but I'm telling you, I'm not feeling right. Cameron, Cameron, I I don't, I I don't know that I don't but the sickest I've ever been, I remember hands this. down. I mean, violently, it was bad. And I have been with you when you have been violently ill multiple times, so please tell me about this. <laughs> is, this was way worse. I still reference this as like, if there was a, a four-day span I do not wish to relive, it's this one. I I was like, uh, uh, it was a really hot day, and I, I, I come back in from like working out and was so hot and thirsty that I got like, I... I poured protein in a cup like one of those shakers and I poured it filled it with milk from the fridge and shook it up you know and it had all this protein in it and uh and it was like what I found out was so so anyway I do it and and I basically drink it in one long chug you know like I was so hot and without even taking time to taste it other than just like it tasted kind of weird but you're just like chugging down on this protein you know and so a few minutes later, Dana comes and, and goes to like pour some milk and she's she like starts pouring it back and she like retches like, oh, she's like, this milk smells terrible. And she started pulling. And I swear, this is disgusting. It was like curdling out of the carton and it smelled oh, rank. My God, she was like, we have to throw this milk. I'm like. 
I just drank a gigantic glass of that <laughs> in protein. That's and so gross. I will say the hell that followed, I have never, I never knew that the, the digestive system could do those. It, it was horrible. And Cameron, if I were you, I would go home right now. <laughs> I mean, Cameron's like rubbing his face. Yeah. In theater of the so, minds, Cameron, Cameron's looking. It's not normal. Things are things are. Oh, trust me, okay. I've been down. Okay. I've been down oh this road, goodness. and it is a long one. <laughs> this is, this no could be a very interesting off. podcast this recording today. The best episode we've ever been a part of here in a minute. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna just go ahead and uh, let's transition. <laughs> let's segue. I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna just pass the baton here and sit back for a few minutes. Here we go. Uh, we have a great show in store for you coming up later. Andy Minio is joining us, and now yeah. it's time for slices. Let's just get the show on the road. Here you go. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, this is, you know, when I picked this slice, I didn't realize that Cameron would be on the brink of uh, extreme nausea, which, you know, now looks like a very regrettable decision. But I've already chosen it, and I have only one way to move, and that is forward. Uh, So... <laughs> there is a dating site. There is a dating site that's called Hater. Have you guys heard of Hater? No. Uh-uh. So it has it has a really unique like uh uh you know kind of elevator pitch. Like a lot of other dating dating websites, they try to match you up with people who like who have similar interests, right? They try to match you up with people who like the same things, which is an intuitive approach. Yeah. But hater has a different thing. They try to match people up by what they dislike. So you oh go my God. Yeah. whatever yeah. you hate, and that's, it comes that, back and it's like, oh, here's other people who hate idea. this thing. <gasps> who hate what you hate. I see. Th- I see the wisdom there. Yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. I mean, because you don't want to go on a date. It's like there's a lot. You know what? You know who else likes watching football? Most people, right? <laughs> right. Like, but but I don't want to go out with someone who's like a big you know Nickelback fan or something. Like you know, the, it, it's good. or CBS sitcoms. Like I like the approach of a website that matches people up not by their likes but their their hates. It's it's a what it's would a y'all problem. list? No. What would you put on that list of things you hate though? Curdled milk. Oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, well, okay. What's funny is you guys both named uh, things you eat. Uh, and and uh, it turns out a lot of people who use this website, that was their impulse. When they're asked to match people up by the hate, oh. they would put things that they don't like to eat. So, evil. Uh, uh, <laughs> evil. Um, evil. Country music. Mayonnaise. No, I don't. Oh, you hate country music? Oh, yeah. It's country, mu- country music and mayonnaise. Cameron, you just started a war with Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mayonnaise is the base of most dishes there. It's, I don't it's, care about mayonnaise. Chandler just said it. Uh-huh. I was just copying. Yeah. Well, actually, a lot of people put things they don't like to eat. And so what, what Hater did is they have created a map state by state of what is the most hated food by each state. Oh, brilliant. Based on the algorithm. Interesting. Uh, oh, I'm so excited about this. It, I, I, you know, it's funny looking at the some of the regional, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, food hatreds. Okay, so Florida, there is uh, licorice, like black licorice. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. oh, 100%. Weird. Weird that, Weird that like enough it. people hate it to list it. I'm kind of, I kind of into when it. When you're I trying to good. find a dating partner, you're yeah, going to be like, a, oh, by the way, obscure. I want to make sure you know I hate black licorice. <laughs> what if they were going to take you out to the movies and had <laughs> bought you black licorice? Then but I, that, 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 if your partner likes licorice, it doesn't affect your life. If your partner yeah. likes country music, it affects yeah, your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You that's know, right. I agree that's with right. that. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got to be smart. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, uh, Georgia is tuna salad. Yeah. My home tuna state. Salad. I believe that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, uh, this one made sense. Uh, Kansas is shellfish. If I was in a landlocked state by (laughs) hundreds of miles on each side, I would choose shellfish too. That's right. Uh, That's right. Texas, Texas. This isn't surprising. Steak well done. Steak cooked well done. You only eat it pretty much raw in Texas. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Wait, what's Tennessee, Jesse? Tennessee, this is weird, okay? I don't know if this is just against like hippies dumpster diving out there, if that's something that people still do. But Tennessee, the most common answer on a hater for, for food that they don't like is foraged food. <laughs> like, foraged. <laughs> so I think it's just people, I think there's a lot of weird hippies out in, out in Tennessee that are, that are either foraging fields or dumpster diving. They're like, don't match me up with one of those. Oh. Um, that is so bizarre. This is weird because I mean, that would be a bad, that would be a bad thing to figure out 
like late in the dating relationship. Like, oh. oh, I love foraged food, by the way. Like that affects yeah, my life. Yeah, I love dumpster diving. Oh, you don't? Oh, shoot. I thought this was going to work. <laughs> you want to be, you do want to be clear I on that. I think we can all, all relate to Delaware who had the corner piece of a brownie as their, as their mutually hated food. <laughs> uh, I disagree. Not? I love I the like corners. The chunky. No, I'm yeah, all yeah, middle. Crusty. I will go straight for that middle piece. Uh-huh. No, yeah, you got to have the, got to have the textural variety. You got to have the, the crust. No, no, no. You want all soft and gooey melt in your hey, mouth. Hey, dumpster diving is alive and well, by the way. I have a dumpster in front of my house because of the house renovation. Daily, I see people crawling around in it. What? Yeah. Uh, it's sometimes on a Saturday, if they know I'm there, they'll knock on the door and ask, you know, but yeah. like... If Seriously? They, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, but I mean, they're not looking for, for like food. Wood. They're looking for like building supplies, right? Uh, I'm throwing... It's a whole... It's not food. Of course not. It's it's all... Yeah, it's renovation scrap and stuff. But I mean, so they're looking for scrap wood or any metal or anything like that. But then... But they're... I, you know, I'll throw like, you know, some old furniture or things in there too, and knowing that it'll get taken. And it does, yeah. which is great because they keep emptying yeah. out my dumpster. Yeah. So, yeah. well, well it, it, I mean, speaking of food that is garbage, uh, Missouri, for some reason, theirs was, they, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around this one. Theirs is the last bite of a hot dog. My question is, why the last bite? Wouldn't it technically be the first and last bite? Because how do you know? Because it's the same bite. And also, how many people had to list? The last bite of a hot dog Seriously, for that one's really to decide. Weird. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people so, had a weird these are so date. Weird. Yeah, they're, 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 there's a, there's like some serial dater in Missouri <laughs> who's, who's taking people on ba- bad dates That's and right. only feeding That's them right. the last bite of hot dogs. Uh, <laughs> New Jersey, I didn't see this one coming because I thought this was the official beverage of well, New Jersey. This wait, wait, is very wait, wait, wait. Hey, Jesse, Jesse, I have a question about the last bite of hot dogs. Wouldn't that then what are cocktail weenies? Exactly. That's just all one That's big gross bite. Yeah. This is one bite of a hot dog. So why would a cocktail Man, weenie pigs be? Pigs in a blanket. If any, yeah. that, what a gift those are. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I like them. True. I can destroy that's some like things. Like manna from man, me too, man. My favorite part of having dinner parties or house parties is that I get to go to Costco and buy the uh, the frozen pigs in a blanket and do a whole sheet of them. Oh, them yeah. Out. And yeah. then I can pound about half of it before the friends get there. Yeah. Oh man. That, that's yeah. the, the the only good thing about ever going to like a baby shower because those are like the worst. I, they're so boring. <laughs> it's like yeah, they'll probably have a crock pot full of those little Swedish meatballs that are delicious, and they'll probably <laughs> bring out the pigs in a blanket. Like that's just baby shower or dirt. But okay. But now you know, Jesse. I don't know if you guys did this, so please forgive me if you didn't. But you know, I think now we're in an era of it's not just baby showers you have to go to, but you have to go to gender reveal parties too. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think Tyler has, has a slice yeah, to bring let's, let's up. Not get about, in, let's not get uh, in too deep. Oh, into it. Yeah. oh yeah. That's a good transition. Well, let me, let me, uh, let me just wrap real quick. Um, uh, the official, the, the most hated food in New Jersey. And again, I thought this was like the lifeblood of New Jersey. It's weird that gas station wine was the most hated food in New Jersey. Oh. <laughs> what? Virginia, my home state, this was weird. This is very odd because this isn't even a food. It's an action. Dabbing pizza grease with a napkin was the most hated food. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally against <laughs> that too. Just eat the pizza grease. Okay, again, I'm trying to think of it through the context of a dating thing. So, okay, if you're on a pizza date with somebody and your date is sitting there dabbing something that grosses you out, you know, okay, sure. You don't want, okay, fine. Gas store wine. I mean, it's like, it's just wine. It's not like they're bottling it. It's not wah, wah wine. It's just wine that they're but, just, but, but the point is, the point is that you're like bonding over a mutual hatred of it. You're both able right. to say, Oh, that drives me nuts. Oh, it drives me nuts too. I hate when people do that. Okay. Like, so that I thought I it was, understand. I thought it was more like you don't want, you want to make sure that the partner doesn't do the thing that you hate. Okay. You're saying that we both are going to sit around and, and judge the people who do the thing we both hate. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah that's what I'm seeing. All right. Or, or, or you just don't want to go on a date with someone who brings, you know, uh, cheap wine. I don't know what a gas so station. What, well, that's what I'm saying. So wouldn't it just be cheap wine? Not yeah, just because they would sell the same thing wine. in a grocery store. That's what I'm saying. I think, I think what what my assumption here is a lot of dudes on the Nashville on the New Jersey dating scene just <laughs> race all the way to the date and, and literally pick up Wawa branded wine. <laughs> <Right>. That's <laughs> big. <laughs> <up there>. <laughs> and it's and in, it's in a them. juice box. Yeah, yeah, and they it's so much so that they've all united on hater. Dot com. Uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, a Wawa wine just sounds like it's somebody with a stutter saying the word wine. <laughs> <laughs> or someone who's had a little too much Wawa wine trying to order another bottle. Of Wawa. That's right. That's it's right. Wawa wine. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, it was really great. Wow. And wow, finally, uh, uh, this one totally makes sense. Uh, uh, you know, Oklahoma, where they, they raise cattle and buffalo and things. Uh, veggie burgers. Not a fan of veggie burgers in Oklahoma. Right. They don't want the red meat out in that part of the country. Why did why they, why they add the word burgers to it? I just think in Oklahoma, they're just not fans of veggies. Vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> it just says non-meat. Vegetables non-meat. altogether. Not meats. I'm surprised it, that nobody mentioned uh, Hawaiian pizza. I feel like that's a very no. There was food. a Hawaiian pizza. Oh yeah, who there hates was it? a Hawaiian pizza. It was let's see, uh, Rhode Island. Rhode Island oh. hates Hawaiian pizza. Well, it's about okay. as far away from Hawaii as you can get. The yeah. continental U.S. You know, they Good just point. they're just geographically not favored. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, this is how much they love red meat in Oklahoma. One time, I was driving through Oklahoma and we went to a place that had like buffalo out in a pen outside and you would go in and order buffalo burgers and it it was weirdly like picking lobsters out of a lo- lobster yeah, I was saying, tank. like lobster tank you just point yeah, to I want that buffalo. buffalo with live buffalo and i will say this it was a good burger not a bad <laughs> yeah. it's a little gamey a little gamey <laughs> i like a good buffalo burger. Yeah, and for real but, but i'll say this when i have the opportunity to eat an endangered animal i always <laughs> do it uh because you don't know how long you're going to be able to try it that's the thing oh they're gosh. not they, they're not going to be around much longer you gotta enjoy eating one while <laughs> you can so um next one panda panda steaks cannot wait oh my gosh jesse hey, jesse as you know when we were in Somaliland, <laughs> there was a lot of forbidden meat on that menu that one restaurant in the entire country that one restaurant it was there was there was some draft there was there was, <gasps> there was there was some exotic no way. meat yeah i think oh, i didn't think cameron and i are indulged but brian may or or one of our our friends who was with us i think he indulged in some uh you know forbidden meats yeah wow so, but there's really no way of knowing either way. You know, just because you point at the giraffe on the menu, who knows if we're not all getting giraffe? You know what I mean? Like, you, I mean, <laughs> whatever's fresh. <laughs> Making a lot of biggest. I guess that's true. It was, it was not. It I was mean, not to be fair, I could go into a Fuddruckers right now and if they served me a buffalo burger, I wouldn't know. You know right. that it, that or that it wasn't cow. It might just know. be cow test, with a little bit not. of chicken added to it. They grind it all up and call it a buffalo burger. You know, yeah, they grind it all up, squirt it with ketchup, and put like ten pickles on there. Who knows what that meat is? Right. Or, I don't you know. know. I'm pretty. I'm pretty savvy when it comes to my burger. My different burger meats. I feel like are I can you? tell. Yeah, I feel. I feel confident in my <laughs> abilities. Different there. burger meats. Okay. What yeah. options are there? There's there's turkey. Cow and they have, ostrich. they have ostrich, bison, ostrich. Next yeah. time I'm down there in Orlando, you get a bunch of different types of burgers. Set yeah, them oh my gosh, you me. Yeah. The I'll try challenge. them all. I bet you I'll get 100 percent A plus. Dude, across wow. the street from our restaurant, we have two very like two restaurants side by side that are specialized in like like exotic burgers. I'm familiar with Are you saying that about Wall Burgers? Because I feel like that's it. <laughs> I was well, Graffiti Junction is legit farm to table <laughs> gourmet burgers, and then Wall Burgers is next door. So. I think you know, I we can do just a blind do the taste gamut. test of different burgers, and I think I, I think I could knock it out of the park. And, and, and wow. you have, all you have to do is which one of these is an endangered species? <laughs> <laughs> it's just which it, one it, of these tastes like Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, <laughs> you you just consumed one of the last two dozen pink dolphins in the Amazon. Oh my Congratulations, gosh. Tyler. How was it? <laughs> As long as I get it right, I don't really care. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Silverback gorilla, the most forbidden of meats. How was it, Tyler? Oh, my God. All right, what do you have, Tyler? <laughs> All right, so I'm just joking. <laughs> Annie's look of disgust at me right now. I can't. <laughs> it just, it's yeah. I'm impressed. Mostly, I'm impressed. I am curious if anybody uh, has anyone here ever done the gender reveal party thing. Have you been to a gender reveal mm-hmm. situation? I've no, been to them. I've been. That's to not them. true. I have been to one. I have been to one. I've seen the videos. I think it's YouTube. very self indulgent. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. With I that, went to but, a really fun one last so, week. It was really own. fun. I think they're fun. But was the what was the how did they do the reveal? Was it balloons? It was a cake and the middle uh-huh. of the cake had candy that was pink or blue. So when they cut open the cake and pulled a slice out, all these pink candies gotcha. spilled out. Gotcha. Well, um, so there's, but, a, but Cameron, there's a Cameron. I just love how anti you are. Like you have a firm gender reveal. I literally like I don't care. Just I'll yeah, meet I your agree. kid when it's born. I this mean, may, this may, uh, until this then, may get, keep your, <laughs> keep your distance. Keep, yeah. Keep your, keep your kid to yourself. No, I just, no, it's fine. I mean, we're going to bring a gift to the baby shower. I don't need to come twice. What are you double dipping on the gift stuff? I don't You need, don't bring a gift to a gender reveal party. 
Honestly, I don't know because I've never been. What if, right. what, what if what if there are pigs in blankets? So we have to just stand around and like go. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, what, what about this? What about yeah, this? So we bite into the pigs in a blanket, and if the little weenie's blue, then. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a pretty good party to me. Oh, I got, <laughs> hey man, I got a, I got a, a piping hot batch of blue weenies. Um, well, Cameron, this is going to be some ammo for your side of, for your your take on gender reveal parties. There is a 37 year old father to be by the name of Dennis Dickey who lived in Arizona, and last year he and his wife were putting on a gender reveal party for their friends. And his this gentleman's method for revealing the the gender of his uh, of his not yet born baby was uh, it involved. Uh, a gun. This is Arizona. And the idea was he had loaded a target uh, full of either pink or blue powder. And when he yeah. fired a I gun... I think it was Tannerite. It was uh, pink or blue. You can't read uh, Tannerite. Tannerite in it. Yeah, Dude, it was yeah. Also, Tannerite it also is so this. fun. That, whenever we go to Montana, we get big old cans of Tannerite and go out to fields and shoot at them and they explode. Yeah. And then after yeah. a while, you get kind of bored with them just exploding. So you double them up and triple them up. They can make sonic booms, basically. It's pretty fun. Yeah, you, you would have been friends with this guy because what he did is he put a ton <laughs> of can- Tannerite in a container, but put either pink or blue powder in there. So, so that it would explode would into a either a blue or a pink like cloud right. based on I've seen those I've seen videos of those before where they like shoot an arrow into a balloon and it like blows up and it's powder. Yeah, that's cool. My theory about Tannerite is if a quarter pound is good, five pounds is better. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. just exactly. you just get a bigger container and just fill it up. See what happens. I don't know how much uh, how much Tannerite Dennis Dickey put into this target, but it, it ended up being maybe a <laughs> Dennis little... Dennis Dickey is his name. <laughs> Dennis Dickey. <laughs> it ended up being maybe a little too much. Uh, he, he Dennis fired... Dickey is actually his nickname. You know, it's kind of a nickname his, his college buddies gave him because it was, you know, his first name and then his favorite item of, of, of apparel that he always wore. And so oh he just kind of stuck. His dicky pants? He just always... No, those Dickies. The, the, the Wouldn't little... it be Dickey yeah. under like the choir? Under... Yeah, yeah, the little shirt. Yeah, no, yeah, but you wear them like under your shirt, a little tie look, and stuff. I, I want the style of a turtleneck, but I don't want the, uh, you know, the heat, the heat that's get required under the sweater. I'm basically just wearing the turtleneck collar because it's hard to not look right. like, Dennis, you know, that's what Dennis Spawn likes to wear. Without Dennis one. likes to wear that. I, I like it. I like him. He's stylish. He also, uh, upon firing. Uh, the, the it exploded like it was supposed to. Some sparks, uh, a nearby brush caught some of the sparks. Uh, they set on fire. He attempted to put it out, but was not successful. The ensuing wildfire torched forty seven thousand acres <gasps> of Arizona grasslands, wow. resulting in an eight million dollar. The cost the state eight million dollars. By the time it was all the way put out, uh, numerous home evacuations, no deaths, thankfully. Uh, everybody made it out before the fire got to there, got to where they lived. Uh, but he is being wow. he's being hit with a, a pretty healthy fight. He owned up to it right away. Dennis Dickey is uh, is an is an honest man. Uh, and uh, in any case, he was caught on film by a witness. So there was a, not a lot of opportunities for him to for him to run away. Well, immediately when there was a wildfire, they're like. How much you want to bet it's Dennis Dickey down on the <laughs> <laughs> He's a border patrol agent. This is this is a, you want he, to he a prime. A, he was a prime suspect before they even. You know. <laughs> I think I would get along with Dennis Dickey. I I lit Montana on fire when I was there last. I, I remember I mean, that story. It was uh, contained. Remember, didn't you also have like an ex, an experience in your I childhood, that Cameron, too. that involved a pretty big fire? Oh, I, fire. I I burned down a swamp, uh, but it was again. It was just an acre. I mean, it was fine, but. Yeah, I've caught a lot of things on fire over the years. Burned down a whole swamp, Cameron. Yeah, my friend Tully's house. We uh, cut his backyard on fire. I do feel like you and Dennis Dickey, because I feel like Dennis Dickey has the same disdain for gender reveal parties. He's like, <laughs> I feel like he, his wife really wanted one, and he's like super reluctant. He's like, I'll do one. On one condition, I'm blowing up a, a, a coffee can full of Tannerite. And she's like, okay, whatever it takes. I just want our friends to find out in an exciting way if we're having a boy or a girl. Little did he know he would start an $8 million wildfire, but still he got his way. So at some point, at some point, Mrs. Dickey must have said, don't you think this is going to start a, f- isn't this a little dangerous? And, and Dennis, De- Dennis is a, he's a practical man. He's like, eh, nothing's going to happen. I like I've shot Tannerite and you blow it up and it's just a puff of smoke. Like I don't know where the fire part of it is. Yeah, how did that happen? 
Um, there was a spark. It could have been from like what whatever the target was made out of. I don't know, but maybe there was like a coffee can or some sort of metal in it. It, it probably wasn't the tannerite itself. If I know Dennis Dickey, like I think I do, <laughs> like you based think you do? on only his name, I would presume that Dennis Dickey also strapped some bottle rockets or something to this tannerite and figure so, out so, a way. Yeah. To do a little homemade firework. Dennis Dickey is the guy who says, we're going to fry a turduncan this this Thanksgiving. And he's out in the backyard, but didn't quite read the instructions on how to deep fry it. And it's one of those explosive things where yeah. the frozen turkey Half goes in. family has, has to visit the burn unit for grease burns. <laughs> That's <better>. Dennis Dickey. <laughs> there's, yeah. a little, everyone. there's a little footnote here that I'm really curious about. Uh, as punishment, Dennis Dickey agreed, he had, he agreed to pay $220,000 in restitution. Oh, That's my a God. Lot. Five years probation. That's a big deal, too. The last one is the one I'm most excited about. He has agreed to take part in a public service announcement for the Forest Service. I can't wait to see this <laughs> yeah, video. Sure. I'm oh, sticky being man. like, well, guys, look, you really got to be careful out there. <laughs> one minute you're all you're everyone's having a good time. You're just waiting to find out the gender of your new baby. And as can happen, hypothetically, you could start a wildfire that cost a million. I, I love that. I love. I love creative punishments, creative judgment like that. Yeah. Like, really, you know that. that, that why, the judge why did I say is really like, like that surprises me. Of course, you love creative punishments. <laughs> Where the judge is like, you know, he along with this gigantic fine and probation for for just an, for literally an accident. You know, that we are going to publicly shame you by you, Dennis Dickey, starring in a public service campaign for anyone who didn't read about this news story or for any pod for anyone who didn't listen to the podcast that talked about it. We're going to air your face on TV where you have to talk about the worst thing. That's, that's ever why there has to, to be more to this. If they wouldn't punish someone that massively for a simple mistake. Right. He has well, to have no, done something I mean, that he knew was that that is illegal. Well, I think that's why they didn't go to prison because, I mean, oh, it, it. he didn't do it intentionally, but still, he caused a giant wildfire. He sure, still sure, burned, sure, sure. you know, most of the state's grasslands. Fair. <laughs> that, is, fair. that is really unfortunate, like, because it was an accident. But, I mean, sounds like he's not putting up a big fuss about it. Uh, $200,000, that's a lot of money. That is yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. Well... You know, well. I, did it say? Did it say if it's, he's having a boy or a girl? The last line in the report that I'm reading says the gender of his baby has yet to be publicly revealed. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> the irony of it all is that blue and pink powder didn't work, so <laughs> so you didn't even get the gender reveal out of the deal. Oh man, poor Dennis. <laughs> all right, what do you have, Annie? Um, I, first, I have a question for you, Cameron. Can you give us a health update? I'm catching my second wind. You know, okay. I feel like I kind of pushed through the first wave. Oh, it, it, and, uh, it took it, it took a day for it really to hit, and when it oh did, gosh. it was hard. It was like a lightning bolt of <laughs> yeah. Food poisoning takes it like 24 stomach. hours to really, yeah. to really yeah. like. Okay, you. go awesome. good. Check that was just a that was just a quick <laughs> just check a in. Check. Yeah, a gut check. I was just needed a little gut check with Cameron. Um, so this one of my favorite things that we've talked about on here is Wendy's and Wendy's Twitter account and how all these different brands have these Twitters and people follow the brands, not necessarily because they love the product as much as they just love the person who is running that Wendy's Twitter account or whatever. They love the, you know, the secret voice behind there. Well, do y'all know the brand Steakum? The frozen sliced steaks, <laughs> y'all know. Oh, no. I'm very familiar with Steakum. I believe you are, Virginia. I believe that. <laughs> Cameron, do you know Steakum? Have you had a Steakum? No, no, I haven't. Either. I see Steakums all. Is it when good, I was a kid, Jesse? when I was a kid, we used to eat Steakums all the time. It's basically like frozen, thin sheets of steaks that you just throw in a pan and cook, and you eat it okay. like on a sandwich. Steakums. Okay. You guys never had steakums? No, this, never is, had this is a new this one. This is shocking to me. This is this is a slice in and of itself. That I'm talking. Mark, <laughs> have you had a steakum? Never have. Chandler, steakum. Nope. How is How? it that you guys have never? I feel like this is like a famous. Like everyone this, eats I've steakums. I've never even heard of that. Me with steakums is Tyler Huckabee with Perfect Strangers. I've never even heard of them. I hadn't either. I had you guys have never heard of them. Steakum. Steak um. Oh. Two M's. Steak U M M. Steak yum. Steak um. Like steak um. Mm. I yeah, can't yeah, believe. Yeah. I cannot believe you guys <laughs> have that. not only not had them, but never heard of them. They're delicious. Literally, it's, like, it's, it's like I don't even totally know what they are yet. Okay, so like I said, imagine thin, like frozen, like you'd buy them near like hot pockets, 
thin frozen pieces of like steak and roast beef that you put in a frying pan and you, and you cook it for a minute and then you put it on a sandwich. You have a giant, you have a, like a delicious steak sandwich. Steakums. <laughs> you say it louder. Is it making me remember? Okay. Yeah. Oh, those steakums. Why didn't you say so? Uh, according to the internet, drinking spoiled milk can cause food poisoning, but also you can be fine. So you might be fine. So here's the deal about Mike's stomach. I've, I, I've eaten years of the hot tamale candy on how much. to give myself a good gelatinous coating on all my innards. Right. You know? And right. then <laughs> and daily, Cameron, I'm Cameron, going... Do you know, let, uh, let, me to just, three, let me just pop that little hope Jesse, balloon. drink a lot of it, though. So that's two, two to three gallons of Diet Coke a day. Pop there's not a whole lot that's going to get through that's not harsher do, than what Cameron, I normally do you know consume. anyone who's eaten worse than me? And it... Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> I stood no chance. No chance. That's true. Okay. You also guzzled an entire glass of it, Jesse. That is is true. Is is how much you you consume. You would think I typically have the stomach of a billy goat when it comes to weird (laughs) foods. That's how you need to start introducing him, Cameron. And all the way from West from Virginia with the stomach of a billy goat. <laughs> uh, okay, here's our steak of slice. Survived, survived multiple food poisonings. Hello. <laughs> nice to meet you. Thrives after a good food poisoning. <laughs> Jesse Carey. Okay, here's my steak and slice. So their Twitter is one that none of us follow because none of us are Steakum fans, but is one of those that's kind of snarky, that's kind of known for its um, it's Wendy's like handling of the internet. And then uh, at the end of September, whoever runs the Steakums account went on this like rant about. But it's like why- a positive. It's like a manifesto. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like this r- rant about why millennials are turning to brands to follow and why they're listening to brands. And it is fascinating. I mean, they the, really, the, I won't read you the whole thing, but the first question is, why are so many young people flocking to brands on social media for love, guidance, and attention? I'll tell you why. They're isolated from real communities, working service jobs they hate while barely making ends meet, and are living with unchecked personal mental health problems. And then he just keeps go- he or she just keeps steak going. Em. Like they're cr- steak em. You're referring to him yeah, as a person. This is steak em. Sorry. Stakeum just keeps going and talks about how the parents of the millennial generation have caused them to feel this way and how even though they have access to internet all the time and people all the time, it has actually made them numb and less feeling. I mean, it is it is an unbelievable rant about and it's just like a brand like that that makes sliced steaks talking about how young people need to like stop depending on brands on social media to make them feel loved and accepted. It was fascinating. You know, I think we've been waiting for years for this sort of prophetic wise voice of a generation (laughs) to, to emerge from the noise of the, of the digital world that we've created uh, to, you know, to break through, you know, the content cycle to, to rise up and be a, a guiding light to uh, mental health and positivity. And, and it finally is here and is the voice of Slice Steakum. Steaks. Thank you, Steakum. We will follow you. <laughs> we, will follow you. <laughs> we will follow you. It was a beautiful... Um, I mean, it's worth going and reading. It's from September 26th. It's really like thoughtful. And then you go like, who stepped in to Steakum's like Twitter account that day? Is that the normal person? Is that so? Yeah, that's, I mean, a, that's a real bizarre. question. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and, did, right? and did they run it up the corporate flagpole? They're like, hey, uh, uh, you know, let's go talk to Mr. Steak, uh, Mr. Steakum <laughs> and, and make sure the board, the board has approval on this new strategy. His, name is, his first name is Steak, Jesse. His last yeah. name is Um. It's just Mr. Um. <laughs> Mr. Um. Anyway, yeah. Let's get board approval on our new strategy, which is to analyze the cultural effects of technology addiction in millennials. What do you think? That's a good way to sell sliced steaks. So, Annie, you're, you're, right. saying, you're saying Steakums is like a fashion brand, like Nicole Miller or Tory Burch. Like, it's just his first and last name is the brand. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Steakum. Yeah. Steakum. Gotcha. Ironically, his first product wasn't sliced steaks. He just, uh, you know, kept rolling the dice until he was like, oh, you know, I should try my name. Steakums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My career kind of writes itself. He was first in the denim business, Steakum jeans, and uh, <laughs> oh my god, and so on. Not a big seller. Not a big seller. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Andy Minio joins us.
You're listening to Cub Sport. The song is Hawaiian Party. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Arizona with Freaking Out. You, you know Arizona. They were in the last issue of Relevant. Well, rapper Andy Minio has just released the second in a series of autobiographical EPs that'll make up his new album. He also just kicked off the Better Late Than Never tour with Lecrae and Words Played, which continues through November. Do not miss it. We recently spoke with Andy about the new EP, the vision for the album, and some of its standout tracks. Here is our conversation with Andy Minio. Nobody ever make it out alive. Woo! This ain't first class, I got upgraded Penny pinching rapper even though I made it Mama got a clothes from garage sale Took the low so I could have the top shelf Let's talk about the the arrow and the sword. I just want to know, like, what what was the uh, what was the impetus or the idea for doing this uh, this trilogy of EPs? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Some some of it was personal, some of it was business. Um, I think what's happened over the last few years for me is I've become stra- strangely perfectionistic and mm-hmm. insecure. And so finishing a full body of work started to become a bigger, bigger task because I see everything that goes into releasing a project, which is, all right, this is your album. Now we're going to promote it. We're going to put tons of money behind it and try to, you know, get promotion and flyers and XYZ and do all these things. And um, it just, it mounts up a lot of pressure to perform. Um, so that was becoming harder and harder for me to finish a song and move on to the next sure. one and be like, this is my perfect body of 12 songs. A lot of pressure because once you have success, the, your biggest fear is that you'll lose it. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, you know, all it takes is one flop of a record, really, for people <laughs> to be like, ah, moving on to the next. So more and more fear was mounting up. It was getting harder for me to finish songs. And on top of that, um, I don't have a producer. Like, I don't have somebody that I work with mm-hmm. constantly to help bring my stuff to life. Um, I'm always working with different um, artists or musicians for a short period of time. Like, you know, I'll go in the studio and work with them for like a week, and then they go back to work, being an artist themselves or working on their own stuff. So I don't have like a co-collaborator that's helping me bring my music across the finish line. And that makes it really difficult to have cohesiveness in your production and in your sound and honestly to, to finish stuff. So I've become in a lot of ways my own producer um, and I have to outsource things. And you know, as a perfectionist, I'll end up sitting in front of my computer and tweaking songs and making all the decisions by myself and overthinking doing way too much and um you know music can just sit on my hard drive forever and so the people that are around me are like man and you got so many songs you got good music sitting there mm-hmm. how come you're not releasing it i'm like it's not finished yet you know <laughs> uh and i don't you know when i get in with other people that um like producers that i trust it's easier to make decisions and live with them and move on and make the next decision and so um I think that I think some of my just like my, my creative team isn't locked in. I think my own insecurities don't help in making the decisions to creating and releasing content myself. And that has just mounted up to tons of songs sitting on my hard drive. So one of the thoughts was how can we get this music out into the world and be a lot more consistent? Because it's been a couple of years since my last album. Yeah. I've dropped projects, but my own personal album. And so my team and I just kind of came up with this lower, like, uh, anxiety-ridden release process, release strategy, which was... The stakes aren't quite as high. More content. Yeah, give fans more content more regularly um, and get back into the groove of releasing music um, and testing the market. <clears throat> you know, I came from a time where I felt like whatever you release had to be it, you know? Yeah. But now it's just like you re- you can release music and it's absorbed so quickly that there's no good. They'll just like just people won't listen to it and you just go we'll wait for the next thing. You just give them the next thing. Hey, when the last time you think about me, hey, probably the last time the drinks on me. Hey, 
one thing that I think is interesting about your music in particular is you've always been very open about some of these insecurities. Uh, lyrically, you, you address like this perfectionistic drive you have. You address some of the fear that you're not going to measure up to your own standards that you set for yourself. Do you ever feel like that's... Uh, do you ever worry that you get like a little too revealing on some of this that by like that by being at this open about your insecurities, you're going to like ruin your brand or your reputation? Yeah. I mean, that's always a, a line that you, um, that you walk when you're being vulnerable. Right. Yeah. But here's the crazy thing is what I've typically learned in life is that people aren't vulnerable because they're afraid of being shamed. Right, we, yeah, we're not yeah. going to be vulnerable because we don't want people to see who we really are. Because then people will reject us and push us further away. But what I've noticed in my life is that people actually are drawn in closer when people are being vulnerable, and they're more endeared and they're more they're, they're less likely to leave because they feel human next to you, or they feel like someone understands them. Mm-hmm. And so it's very counterintuitive thing to to be vulnerable. Um, I think it. I think it, people don't leave when you're vulnerable. I think they draw closer and they they're more attentive. But that's not that's not for every circle. You know what I'm saying? I think sure. your fans particularly will will more um, drawn to that and and people. But you know, there's always going to be people that are going to take your vulnerability and use it against you. But. I think that's what I built my brand off of from the beginning, like heroes for sale. Like, no such thing as, as heroes. Like, you know, we buy these heroes. We we project images on them. You know, and I've just been very vulnerable about my stuff and all of my music. And I think that's why one of the ways that I'm described by my fans is like very personal mm-hmm. and human, and then fun. It's like another word that's often used for me. So. I don't know. That's how I am as a person. I think it just translates into the music. That's none of my business. What they think about me. That's none of my business. What they say about me. That's none of my business. 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 We don't really care what you're talking about. That's none of my business. What they say about me. That's none of my business. What they think about me. That's none of my business. You have social consciousness on your own albums. Talk about God. Uh, talk about uh, talk about like marital fidelity. How how do you make sure that what you're doing isn't just like uh, trying to cash in on a moment that social justice, social consciousness, uh, hyper attention to morality is having? But it's something that's authentic, that is real to you. How do you do that? Well, there's a couple of things. One is we were making music about that stuff before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? We yeah, were yeah, like yeah. trying to live that out before it had popularity. So that's one thing is there was no benefit for us to do that. Two, I think music is just supposed to be a place for honesty, man. And like, that's just a constant wrestle I have anytime I approach music and art is like, all right, how can I be honest here? How can I say, like, right from the heart? Because I feel like that's the stuff that's going to last. Every artist I feel, or at least me, I'll say me, feel the tension of seeing what works and what's big and what's awesome and saying, I want to be a part of that, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And then going, no, well, how do I just be honest to me and true to me? And so, you know, I, I could start rapping or writing a rap or whatever, or a lyric, and be like, I have to sit there in front of the page and I read it back and go, this isn't me. That doesn't sound like me. That's not, that's not something that I would say. And I can start to, I have to, even if it's really great, it's a really good lyric and it's a really good thing, I have to say, is this me, um, you know, being influenced by something that's popular right now, or this cadence or this beat or whatever? Uh, and that's a real wrestle because I'll show it to people and they'll be like this is great this is amazing you should release it and as an artist you always have to be true to yourself and know yourself and know your brand and what you want to end up being where you want to go and so I think just authenticity is the thing that most people wrestle with through life and particularly artists when they feel that tension of uh, success you know and it seems like it's an easy route 
which is to not be yourself or to be someone else or to pick another thing. So yeah, you just have to ask yourself really hard questions. Would you still be? Yeah, this one for donuts. This one for all the grown-ups. Keep my cards close, cause I don't deal with jokers. Man, I'm sick of being dope, but why they hardly notice? And these the joints that never sell, but yo, they still the coders. <laughs> it's feel like Philly, a stake down in Ishkabibble. The things I scribble make you think a little. They tell me to choose a side, but I decided to pick the middle. I can handle that, and yo, the kid could dribble. An overthinker, with the ink, I'm like Tinker. Hatfield, at will, design rhymes in 20 years. You trying to think of mind over mattress. Blinded by the fatness. It's hard to live righteous, but I'm trying to practice. And that was Andy Minio. Like Stay tuned up next. It's Ask Jesse. Your life's gonna change. Listening to Yellow Days. The song is How Can I Love You? Okay, it is time for our weekly give back. We are we are a charitable. We want to help you live your best life now. And uh, we, for the last month or so, have been instead of doing Listener of the Week, we have been doing Ask Jesse. Ask Jesse. This is where you go on Twitter at Roland Podcast and ask Jesse. You pose some of your big life questions and Jesse answers them here on the show. Um, he has not read these. He's not prepared for these. Nope. We keep him blind. So <laughs> That is always the weirdest part no to me is how quickly he comes up with the weirdest answers and has had no preparation. I don't preparation. know why you say the weirdest. I mean, Sorry, the, a, the lot most the, a lot of these are just intuitive. How so would I help yeah. a human? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's obviously, right. That's, right. that's not something that a person of such moral compass as I that's needs right. to really think about. Yeah. Jesse, right. Brad Nixon went on Twitter and asked you, he said, I'm a 36-year-old father of three. Right. I've been living that marital bliss life for 12 years. I don't have life insurance. I feel like I should get life insurance, oh, but gosh. I'm afraid that if I do, then my wife may kill me. Jesse, what should I do? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it, it, it's it's concerning that his mind automatically went there, you know? <laughs> Um, I think, though, the that, you know, he has to find out if if his wife w- would do this. So I think he he tells her he buys life insurance, you know, and <laughs> right. and, then, and then just see if she kills him. Yeah. But here's or, the thing. Here's it. the thing, Annie. Yes. Us. But as he's taking his last breath, he's like, I didn't even buy life insurance. Jokes <laughs> on you. He dies. <laughs> the yes. ultimate stick it to but her. Yeah, I like he it. He has the satisfaction of knowing that she's not collecting that life insurance check. So no. it's a grim outcome, but I think <laughs> right. the satisfaction. Well, well, Jesse, either way, he dies. So oh, yeah. He well, he's well. a dead man. He's a dead man walking. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. if you he, have that fear in the first place, yeah, you're, you're you're absolutely. She's been slowly poisoning you in preparation. So yeah, yeah, you're you're totally With spoiled dead. milk. You're maybe totally Jesse. Dead. Yeah, you're totally. Dead. Um. Okay, Jesse. Uh, Alyssa Meadows asks you. Ask Jesse if you could choose one day of the year. What day would it be? Just to choose <laughs> one day of the year. Oh, I like this one. It's so not life much. advice. She didn't quite get the, even. This is not even hard. This is not even hard. <laughs> The day of the year is obviously April 1st because you can get away with anything if you shout April Fool's right after it. Uh, right. <laughs> like, like, like I'm talking like shoplifting. Like you can go and try to steal something. If they catch you, be like, April Fool's, I was totally going to pay for this. <laughs> yeah, it's literally the day you can get away with anything. Like, sure. let's say, let's say I'm, what's the last guy's name? Uh, I'll call him Dennis Dickey. Let's say I'm Dennis Brad Nixon, and Brad my Nixon. wife is about to murder me and she catches him in the act and she's like, what are you doing standing over me with knife? She's like, like April Fools, it was just a thing on the life insurance thing. I wasn't going to murder you. Did you buy life insurance? The April Fools, just shouting it on that day will get you out of anything. April April first, no question. Great question, wow. by the way. Good question. All That's right, a two great more. Question. Cody Jensen asks uh, Jesse, my ten year wedding anniversary is next month. What should I do to show my wife how much I love her without setting the bar too high for future anniversaries? What you want to do is find uh, a a dry uh, state. 
that is, um, you know, preferably surrounded <laughs> by forest or grasslands. And right. you want to give her a show that she'll never forget and have a funny story that she'll relay for generations. Now, I will ask this. Uh, you know, before you take, make sure you're not currently on probation. Um, but you know, maybe this may even land you a spot on TV. Granted, it'll be an anti, uh, wildfire PSA, but still it'll be something memorable. Go out there, set up some tannerites and fireworks and, and blast them off. Start a wildfire and give her a show she'll never forget. Easy question. Wow. Easy question. Andrew Polk asks you, asked Jesse, I have had items stolen from my lawn on two different nights this past week. I need oh, ideas. I, to, I need ideas on how to catch the, sh- the thief. Well, this is, I'm, I'm so glad. I, well, first, I'm curious, what is he putting on his lawn? Yeah, like, what do you have on your lawn that gets, this gets stolen twice? This is a time twice. of like inflatables. Like, I would say this, if you have like a big pirate chest like out there, just bring me with jewelry, that's probably your first problem. But yeah, I get it. You, you want to, it's a flex to the neighbors. I understand. Yeah. Look, here, <laughs> here, yeah. here's, here's what you want to do. Like, I, so I, can afford, I can afford this 84-inch HGTV. I'm going to put it on the porch to show y'all. Yeah. Oops, Overnight. Took it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is the perfect time of year to ask this question because the answer only works this time of year. Uh, because a lot of people like to put like decorative scarecrows out in the yard, right? right. What Andrew's going to need to do is he is going to fashion a scarecrow costume. And now I don't know uh, what his arm strength are because he's going to have to, you know, stand out in the middle of his yard arms with his yard out. And in order to really sell it, he's going to have to be there all, all day too, not just all night. Because, right. no, right. you know, because the burger are probably casing the joint in the day and they see this new scarecrow. Right. So you're going to need to stand out there as long as you take, as long as it takes. But at least you're out there standing as the burglaries happen. And I'll tell you this, they will, you never reveal that it's actually you disguised as a scarecrow. You're going to think they're going to, you're going to have to convince them it's actually a demonic scarecrow that came to life to catch them in the act of the burglary. Uh, <laughs> again, I, I think it'll be a lesson they'll never forget. What, what if they tried to steal the scarecrow? Well, uh, that's a kidnapping at that point, and you play dead. You play dead and see how this thing ends because you see how it plays out. Yeah. yeah. You play be, 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 and just because, see what happens. Yeah, because like let's say they toss you in the trunk of the car, they drive right. I don't know what value you would have in the scarecrow. You're still gonna give them the scare of the life when the scarecrow jumps out of the back of the car and starts chasing them. So either way, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. Jesse, uh lastly, uh people have been asking a lot of like, you know, life direction things, you know, how do I, you know, you know, do things that whatever. Uh we haven't had many health-related questions, oh, but we it. have our first health-related question. Ryan Albaugh asks you, ask Jesse. How do I remove an awkwardly placed mole? Oh, well. Um, <laughs> so glad you asked. Um, ask the guy who keeps getting stuff stolen from his yard. <laughs> when I think dermatology questions, uh, you know, I think WebMD and Jesse Carey. Those are the only two sources I, wish I need. Well, that. Jesse, are you assuming he means a mole on his face or a mole the animal? Yeah, he he doesn't he doesn't say. Um, yeah, because if it's an awkward, if it's a regularly placed mole, he's he's digging he's digging up the yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. awkwardly <laughs> placed right, mole yeah. is digging up something else. <laughs> you know, no, I would do the scarecrow thing for that. Actually, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, give give him a good scare. Yeah. Um, I here here I kind of have to know the location of the mole because. Uh, <laughs> Ew. Let's say earlobe. You're gonna let's go earlobe. It sounds dramatic, but let's say it's on your foot or your hand or something like that. You're going to go total amputation because the worst case scenario, you end up with a cool hook hand or you end up with a, with a, one of those sweet blade uh, uh, fiber, you know, carbon fiber things. Overdo. It's any kind of uh, uh, removal of something from the body. Overdo it. You 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 can never take too much. That's my that's my advice. That's that's <laughs> surgery one hundred and one. When in go doubt, bigger, just go take Overdo more. Overdo yeah. it in surgery. Yeah. yeah. Easy, just, easy. You go in, you go in because you broke your finger, and you just tell the doctor, just take it, just take you know, the just, hand. I just, just take it. I don't need yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's that's some great advice. We really appreciate that, Jesse. Uh, <laughs> and that's it for Ask Jesse. Uh, if you want to get your questions on the show. Hit us up on our on Twitter at Roland Podcast and use hashtag Ask Jesse. Uh, fair warning, we uh, we share that hashtag with actor and <laughs> activist Jesse Williams, who from time to time 
does hashtag ask Jesse. So it's a conf- so if Jesse Williams answers your question, you'll understand why. And I once again will publicly extend the invitation for him to join me on one of these Ask Jesse sessions. So I just want you, know. you guys to fire questions back and forth at each other, like Ask Jesse asking Jesse. Like yeah. uh, it'll, it'll be kind of he can ask me about like and, and I can yeah. ask him about landing a role on ER. So yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, so there you go. Hit us up. Ask Jesse. Hey, many thanks to our guest, Andy Minio for joining us. Uh, his album Two the sword is out now. Go check it out. It's a great album. Hey, uh, the newest show relevant is out now. Go check it out. Johnny swim is on the cover. Our, our new one just went to the printer. So it's on its way. So if you haven't checked out the Johnny swim issue, uh, go do it now. Uh, we have some great uh, video content with them. That's up at relevant as well. You don't want to miss it. Hey, if you like the show while you're online, head over to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, and then write a review. Jesse has been scouring it for the most mm-hmm. recent comments. Uh, what, are, what are the people saying, Jesse? Well, listen to this one. This one comes from a fan on the other side of the world. I've been a listener and reader of the magazine for many, many years. The, ca- the cast helps me laugh my way through daily Beirut traffic, and that is no small feat. They love the balance of bringing issues uh, important issues to the, to the forefront along with humor. But Beirut, he's sitting, this guy's sitting, or this individual sitting in uh, traffic all day in Beirut and is listening to the pod. So, uh, congrats. Uh, you know, that's, we appreciate that. Um, okay. This one says, uh, I've been a fan of the magazine for years and started listening to the podcast last year. Since then, I've never missed an episode. It's the best, really. Cameron and the team are incredible people. But here's what it got, here's what it got me. You get the whole range of emotions here. Exclamation point. I agree. Humor, blind rage, terror, all the emotions you'd expect in a podcast. Uh, uh, you know, full on emotional breakdowns. It's all here. It's all here and helping people make it through Beirut traffic. Leave us a review. Maybe we'll read it. Well, like you know, many thanks to everybody who uh, has gone over to iTunes and rated the show and left comments. Uh, we enjoy seeing the feedback and it helps people discover the show. So we appreciate it. Well, on that note, we will wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We will see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast if you like what you heard be sure to leave us a review on itunes check out other shows from the relevant podcast network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com and while you're there browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store make sure to subscribe to relevant magazine info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe When I have the opportunity to eat an endangered animal, I always do it because you don't know how long you're going to be able to try it. Relevant Podcast Network.